Hello, I'm Ray Ison, Professor of Systems at the UK Open University. Some of us from the Systems Group at the OU attended a large precursor conference to Rio Plus 20 in London called Planet Under Pressure. I'd like to draw on this experience to shape what I say now. One of the most prominent words to emerge from this conference was systems. Several delegates spoke very convincingly about the need for systems thinking and practice in relation to the Rio Plus 20 complex of issues. On the other hand, it was apparent that many did not fully appreciate how to do systems thinking and practice or understand the long tradition of scholarship associated with systems approaches. For example, some spoke about complex adaptive systems, some even referring to a complex system of systems, while others used the idea of systems in a very general, everyday sense. So why are systems often central in public discourse, yet there is widespread confusion or lack of appreciation of how the concept system can be used and abused? At the same time as many delegates will be meeting at the Rio Plus 20 conference in Brazil, we are convening a more modest symposium to address this very issue, especially in relation to why, despite the effectiveness of systems approaches in formulating and implementing public policy, there is so little use of systems thinking in public policy and practice processes. In England, there have been recent notable success stories. Professor Eileen Munro from the LSE recently led a major review of child protection policy in England, an area where there has been consistent public policy failure. She chose to use a systems approach because of the complexity and uncertainty associated with the issue. The outcomes of this review, which overtly adopted a systems approach, have been very positive thus far. Here at the OU, we have a well-developed appreciation of the opportunities that engaging with systems thinking and practice create. We are also aware of many of the issues that constrain widespread use of these approaches. This year, the OU Systems Group is celebrating 40 years of systems teaching and research. It is our experience that recurring systemic failure in managing many complex issues associated with poverty, climate change and sustainable development can be rooted in a lack of basic competence in systems thinking. But please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that systems thinking in practice is a panacea. However, it is an opportunity we have failed to capitalise on because so few people understand it or know how to do it well. Collectively, we have not invested in the capability building and institutional arrangements that would enable this to happen. At Planet Under Pressure, there was widespread confusion in the use of language and thus thinking about systems. Many of those who referred to systems demonstrated, knowingly or not, a commitment to systems as actual, real-world entities, things to be discovered or described or modelled. This is also the everyday understanding used by most people. When asked, most people use the word system to refer to a set of things that are connected in some way. Others appreciate that systems are more usefully considered as devices for knowing about complex and uncertain situations. To make the conscious choice to think about a situation systemically or holistically is also a means to act and transform a situation of concern. Following this choice, to see systems as a way of knowing about the world, involves using concepts and techniques that answer the question, how can I understand this situation and act to change it in ways that are systemically desirable and culturally feasible? Many fail to realise the implications that arise from holding these two positions, to see systems as things in the world 
or as devices we humans invent to frame and act in situations and that facilitate new ways of knowing for those involved. Lack of awareness of these distinctions can perhaps be forgiven in the general community, but not, I would contend, in academia and amongst policy makers and researchers. So why does gaining clarity around the concept system matter? Well, let's take the ill-conceived notions associated with the notorious three pillars of sustainability, ecology, society and economy, as separate real-world systems. Studies on ecosystems provide invaluable knowledge about biophysical processes relating to, say, climate change. But our framing of understanding is clearly contestable. It is contestable amongst biophysical scientists. It is contestable between different disciplines. There are also differences according to value positions. Some privilege more ecocentric, earth-centred values, whilst others privilege anthropocentric, human-centred perspectives. Systems thinking is required to identify relationships that may not be self-evident in merely thinking within closed disciplinary boundaries. The notion of pillars is also not very systemic and, it could be argued, the economy is merely a variation on being social. My own systemic view is that we need to abandon these three pillars. Society is often thought of as comprising separate systems, education system, legal system, medical system and so on. Again, such patterns can lead to silo mentality where performance measures assigned to one so-called system can have knock-on effects. Contemporary systems thinking involves actively interrogating such situations and allowing space for innovative learning through cooperation and engagement with multiple perspectives. This requires addressing culture and heritage in addition to issues of health and well-being. Finally, and not least, there is the economy, often fetishised, particularly since the 2008 global financial collapse, as some otherworldly entity, a natural state, prone to some natural cyclical disaster. Of course, the economy is as much a social construct as our education system, but thinking of the economy as a system, even a social system, can further reify the humanly built-in sources of continued failure if left unchecked. Alternatively, systems thinking can prompt more relational questions of political economy. Who gets what? Who owns what? Who does what? And who and what is affected by prevailing means of distribution, ownership and knowledge? At Planet Under Pressure, I experienced a lack of reflexivity on the part of scientists themselves. I hope this will not happen within and around the Rio Plus 20 dialogues. Multiple perspectives, including social scientists, are needed to frame the research questions and agendas. More than lip service needs to be paid to inter- and transdisciplinary research approaches. To do this requires significant institutional reform. In particular, the linear knowledge transfer paradigm needs to be abandoned in favour of systemic knowledge co-production processes. I also found at Planet Under Pressure that there is a need for more conceptual rigour, Sustainability, for example, is not a state but an ongoing process. Targets distort practice and produce perverse outcomes. The language of solutions used at the conference was inadequate in terms of the nature of the situations that have to be dealt with and implies that science can deliver panaceas. But this is clearly not the case. I imagine that at Rio Plus 20, the need for systemic or holistic joined-up understanding and practice will be highlighted, as it was at Planet Under Pressure. But too often, systemic thinking and practice is confused with systematic understanding. We still live in a world where systematic understanding, 
understanding that is linear, unicausal, predictive and usually non-reflexive, prevails. In discussions on sustainability, all too often people's comments and framings suggest a lack of systemic sensibility which I associate with contextual and relational thinking and practice. For example, the goal of increased education for women was regularly espoused in the Planet Under Pressure conference. However, when expressed as a goal or a target, it ignores the systemic appreciation that the education of women has to be the result of changing patterns of social relations and personal identities. It is the beginning of the conservation of a different manner of living by many families and communities. An educated woman is an emergent property of these systemic processes. Here at the OU, we have the largest grouping of systems academics in the UK higher education sector, but nationally and internationally, there are few systems groups within higher education. Why is this so? Over the 40 years of our existence at the OU, we have done much to contribute to innovation in the education of systems thinkers and practitioners. Our work provides a distinctive systems flavour for postgraduate programmes in environmental decision-making and global development management. In our 40th year, we are also celebrating the launch of a distinctive postgraduate program in systems thinking in practice. The alumni of our systems courses now number in the tens of thousands, yet the institutional settings for the flourishing of this way of thinking and acting do not exist, despite awareness that systems thinking and practice transforms people's lives. In many ways, the issue of how systemic understandings can be generated and enacted is at the core of the Rio Plus 20 dialogue. So, let's all act to see if we can change what we do when we do what we do. The Open University. For more information, go to www.open.edu forward slash iTunes U.